Alrighty. Uh, let's see. So it's March 9th, right? Mm-hmm. All right. March 9th. Today's topic is about you. Um, Father, we thank you for another opportunity to read your word together, to discuss it and see what you have to say to us, um, speak to us, but also allow us to hear what you have to say and um, not just hear it, but be doers and apply it to our lives so that we can honor you with everything that we are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. March 9th, about you. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. 2 Corinthians 2 and 14. What do you think that scripture means, Tish, before we hop in? I think that's good. So, if we take it bit by bit here, thanks be to that's God. That's what I was trying to right? do. Which is, of course, um, just pretty self-explanatory. Thank you, God. Paul was known for using a lot of this type of language um, randomly, just saying, you know, uh, blessed is, you know, Jesus Christ, you know, Lamb of God, who's blessed forever and ever. Amen. You know, he was known for kind of just saying stuff like that, um, but who always leads us in triumph in Christ what win would we have through Christ? And there's a popular song that goes with it, right? What win would we have? Yeah. So if we're triumphing in anything because of Christ, it's because of what? Because he died. Right. So the victory, you have won the victory. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, And manifest, which, of course, everybody misuses that term (laughs) these days. I'm manifesting this. I'm manifesting this. Apparently, like a lot, what I've realized is, you know, that manifestation stuff, that new age stuff is all like demonic spiritual activity. Yeah. So even the people who like, cause I saw Meg the Stallion, right, um, tweet something like probably a year or two ago, and that's when I was still kind of like one foot in, one foot out, and I was just really focused on my own personal success. She was like a year ago. I remember I manifested all of this ish. And now look at where I am. And she actually posted, like, um, her, the stuff she wrote down, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, you know, I've since learned that that stuff, it does work for some people, but they're also willing to do or get involved with some stuff they may not necessarily want to get involved with. People just saying, well, I'm manifesting this and that. Nah, but when you see results and people saying exactly what they knew was going to happen like that, it, it will happen because it's not that you can sell your soul, but you you absolutely can do the devil's bidding for the purpose of getting where you want. But he does come to collect at some point. So, um, yeah, manifest or basically to make something happen or to cause it to be uh, through us, the sweet aroma, which a lot of times in the Bible um, 
Yeah. So usually whenever it talks about um, God's people smelling like, you know, a sweet smelling fragrance or a sweet aroma, it's usually talking about our conduct, our lives, pretty much. Um, it pleases God when we aim to honor him. Um, but yeah, it manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place, like you said, just keeping us constantly aware of his presence, right? So, um, good breakdown. Um, let's see, first paragraph. Are you critical of yourself, constantly evaluating how you fall short? Do you see the blessings others receive and believe you're just not good enough to have them too? You do unimaginable damage to yourself with such negativity, talking yourself into a spirit of defeat that God never intended you to endure. Anything sticking out to you in that paragraph there? Um, I think the answer would be yes to that first sentence. Yeah, are you critical of yourself? Life, um, evaluating how you, you know, how you fall short, and I think that's what I I try to say a lot of where. You know, people are like, okay, well, I'm actually trying to do good, or you know, they might be on a can't say journey, but they might be on. But see, that that is the journey. Now that yes, I give you that. It is the journey if you're actually moving. (laughs) It's not the journey if you're just sitting on your butt, being spiritually lazy, not even trying to honor God. That's not a journey. Okay, you haven't well, even I'll begun journey the journey yet. Point, so if they're on a journey of, you know, trying to, you know, do better in life or honor God and they're, you know, they're living and, you know, all things. And when you do fall short and if it happens, like, that's almost like having a, a bad week in general. So like, Monday, something happens. Wednesday, something else bad happens. Right. And then maybe Friday, something else to cap it off. It's just like, oh my God, this is a terrible week. And it's almost like a spiral of events. Then you start to think, okay, what is wrong with me? And what am I doing wrong? Yeah. And all this other stuff. And you become real critical of, you know, the things that have transpired and the things that you've done that have, you know, caused. Or you just be like, this ain't my week and start getting all down on yourself. I used to do that. Yes. Like, a lot. Like, oh, life just sucks. Ugh. Or, no, I would just, well, when I have bad days, I'd just be like, you know what? I'm just going to go to sleep. I'm going to pray. I'm going to go to sleep. And I'm going to try it again tomorrow if I'm allowed to wake Yeah, up. I'm glad you just take naps because cause you want to now. <laughs> <laughs> not because of something wrong, man. like all Sometimes the time. I really, if I get upset enough or stressed out enough, I do need to sleep it off. Yeah, I, I feel you. I feel you. And sometimes it's a nap, you know, for an hour or two. And then sometimes it's, I just need to go to bed and I need to just wake up tomorrow, Lord, correct yeah, me over, the yeah. next day so that <laughs> we can try this again because uh, this right here is too much. Yeah, that's the beauty of, um, you know, even taking that biblical idea of every day God's mercies are, are new, you know, new grace, new mercy. And it's it's kind of like that. The idea of that is it's a, it's a reset, right? So it's cool to be able to take that, you know, same idea and be like, you know what? Yeah, this ain't just a reset for me in terms of grace and mercy. He also gives you grace in terms of your demeanor, 
right? Like, um, what's the passage we were just talking about where it's like, may the Lord makes his face to shine upon you? Yeah. Like, that's talking about your disposition, right? And so each day you wake up, especially if you're committing yourself to, you know, devoting to God every morning when you wake up, it, it, is, it makes it a lot easier to wake up the next day and forget the things that happened yesterday and just say, you know, God, thank you for new grace, new mercy, and like asking him to, you know, basically reset your mind for the day. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think that sleep is definitely one of the practical things God's given us as like a reset. And it's not necessarily just always for the purpose of rest um, in the sense of I got to go to bed so I can get up for work. Sometimes you just need to rest, period. You know, rest your mind and stuff. That's sometimes the only way some people can turn their brains off. Um, but even that, you know, that's a nice natural remedy instead of turning to, you know, something else that's not really going to help you. So, um, so yeah, this first paragraph, are you critical of yourself constantly evaluating how you fall short? I would say yes as well. Um, I've definitely, or not currently, but yes. Um, in the past, I've, I've been overly, you know that. Real, <laughs> I hardly ever had anything good to say. It reminds me of that time you were like, uh, write down like X amount of good things about yourself, and I was like, I can't think Child, of anything. I can't think of anything. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I was, I was really. But, but the thing that I think I realized is when we focus more on ourselves than Christ, we're always gonna feel inadequate, right? And that, and that's the the purpose is you're supposed to feel inadequate, but. You're supposed to feel inadequate because you realize how God is so big and you're small in comparison to him. That level of inadequacy is fine because you're comparing yourself to a holy God. But when we start focusing more on ourselves than God, then we fit into the world's definition of inadequacy. So I don't have enough money. I don't, I'm not small enough. I'm too big. I don't have the job that I want. I'm this old and I haven't accomplished blah, blah, blah. God doesn't care about that stuff. The world judges based on the outside. He judges what's on the inside, right? And if we're believers, we should never feel inadequate by the world's standards when we know that if we just seek God first, everything we need and, you know, will not want, but everything we need will be taken care of. You know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like that's really what that comes down to, especially in my life. I know anytime I was super harsh and critical of myself is because I was way more focused on me than I was on Christ. But let's see what else we got in here. Do you see the blessings others receive and believe you're just not good enough to have them too? Yes, <laughs> I've been there. Um, I feel like that's almost a natural thought, though. You know, you see other people and you'd be like, man, that can never be me. Because it just seems so out of your grasp, you know? Yeah, or I don't think I'm gonna say. I think, I think for me, it's at times I have I've looked at people and I've seen how they just they're they just walked right. I mean, not walked literally, but the career path in which they wanted to go to, or you know the the level that they wanted to be at at a certain time, they're actually there. Or the people who wanted babies early in marriage, they, okay, we're going to get off birth control and boop, we're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Or um, I'm just thinking about the things in my life. So career, babies, um, and even 
well, those will be probably the two things. And it's like, I think of those things because I, I know that what level of work I can do. I know what I, you know, am capable of. I go on all these interviews and they are good interviews. Right. And don't get the position. And it's like, okay, God, you know, you know, I needed this. You know, I needed this in particular salary. Like, what, what is it about me that is really, really hard for me to get to where I'm trying to get to? Right, right. But others around me you know what, are though? doing. Pause. Because of what you just said, what you're trying to get to. Well, that's what I'm saying. And like, and you, I'm no, saying, I'm saying you just you thought. just kind of helped me a little bit with that because even thinking about my situation on Monday, right, not getting the job that I was going for, like I had told you I didn't put all my eggs in that basket anyway. But you know, of course, there's a part of me that still would like to have had the job. Otherwise, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have interviewed at all. Right. But. When you break it down into that, it's just like, it's not about what I want, right? right? And it's not about me making sense out of it because I'm realizing more and more when things don't make logical sense, we have to look to God, right? So, of course, it may seem like on, on paper, that job seemed tailor-made for me. It came out of nowhere. It's a brand new role. A guy I go to church with is like basically offering it to me at the time when he brings it up. But of course, I still got an interview, right? I didn't even know there was a, anybody else interviewing until my second interview, right? Um, but then it's just like, for me to think about, oh man, like I already do podcasting and they need that. I already do music recording. I already do, you know, I've done social media management in the past. Like as an intern, I've done all of this stuff. And I'm just like, God, this seems like you. Like, where did this even come from? And then it's just like, no. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And it's almost like a reminder to me, just because it makes sense to you doesn't mean that one, it's from me. And two, doesn't mean that it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I could just as easily get into that role and be like, man, I got this job because I'm good at this stuff. I've always done this stuff. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. God has the foresight to know if I give you something, how are you going to manage that? I'm not going to give you something just so you can glorify yourself with it. And then there are times where he's not going to give us stuff that he knows is not going to be good for us. On paper, things sound really good. And then sometimes we get into situations, it's like, man, this ain't what I thought it was going to be at all. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that foresight, that's a that's a huge thing. But, you know, that, that point you made, it stuck out to me. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the human part that we always think about when, you know, you're around Especially if you build your circle around successful people. Right. People who are where you're trying to get to. And, of course, you have to work to get places. But it's like, okay, here I am. I'm this, you know, I'm at this place in life. I'm trying to elevate. And it's like kicking a brick wall. Yeah. Even, you know, so... I don't know. Those are the raw conversations that I have with God. And then I ask him, you know, it's one of those things where you ask God, tell him what you want, what kind of, I've laid out what kind of position, you know, like even before I got where I am now, I'm like, Lord, I want my next job to be work from home. He answered that prayer. And 
I was just like, you know what? Okay, you hear me? Thank you, appreciate it. And I, so I just feel like, you know, it's not, it's not gonna be time to move until he says it's time to move. Yeah. yeah. And he's going to provide in the midst of me waiting to be able to, you know, elevate. I don't know how I'm gonna elevate, but you know, it'll happen. But those are just the, you know, yeah. the kinds of things that. I believe everybody thinks about because of course. It's, it's, it's just one of those, you know. We just got to make sure we don't put too much emphasis um, on treating God as if He has to answer our prayers the well, way we want to. You know what I'm saying? No, like, my, I, I don't feel like that. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not saying you're saying. That. I'm adding on to what you're saying because with that, you can't. You can ask God for whatever you want, right? But at the same time, we have to be like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane to be like, look. God, this is what I desire, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Right. You know, leaving room for that basically still shows that at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's nothing wrong with having desires for certain stuff. You know what I'm saying? And because God is gracious, he gives he gives us some of those things. But at the end of the day, he gives it to us because we're willing to submit ourselves to him as the provider. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. I'm, I think some people can get disillusioned, though, at times with Christianity and with God because they based it not upon the gospel or on soul salvation. They based it on what can God do for me? And there's a lot of that in our culture that permeates this idea that just ask God for what you want. Just have more faith and you'll be healed. Like stuff like that is not helpful. Like it actually does more harm than good. Because we don't know the mind of God. He chooses what he wants to do and not do. So, um, let's see. This part. <clears throat> you do unimaginable damage to yourself with such negativity. Talking yourself into a spirit of defeat that God never intended for you to endure. I think this is the reason why I be so serious about language in the house with us. So even when you're joking around or whatever about yourself and I'm like, Tish, don't say that about yourself. Like, like stop saying that type of stuff around me. The reason I'm so serious about it is because the brain does not on a subconscious level separate jokes from like the words that you're saying. Right? So you consciously know you're joking, but it's just like when we say things that are self-deprecating or really tarnish who God created us to be or the gifts he's bestowed on us and even, you know, try to make it just seem like, ah, I'm just being humble. One, that's false humility, which I used to do a lot of. Like, it's okay to acknowledge what God has gifted us with. Obviously, we don't want to be arrogant about it because it's a gift. It's not something that that you own. It was given to you. But yeah, like the words we say, you know, life and death is in the power of the tongue and it's not physical life or death, but it's either building up or tearing down and you will eat the fruits of the words that you say. And it doesn't matter if it's like a joke or whatever, because again, you know, a joke, <laughs> a joke is only, a, it's not a joke if we never get serious, right? So a lot of times people will joke around and make fun of themselves and talk down on themselves or whatever. Like people who've been single forever will make separate self-deprecating jokes or people who are fat will talk about themselves in ways where it's like, you're not honoring yourself as an image bearer. Yeah, maybe you're overweight. We need to steward that better, but you don't have to talk down on yourself and you don't have to try to talk down on yourself for the enjoyment of other people. No, enjoy who God made you to be who you are in this moment and trust that like he will, you know, grow you and make you better and stuff like that but yeah I think that a lot of we've gotten real loose I feel like with the things we allow to come out of our mouths not understanding that words really do have power 
they have power over people <laughs> mostly you know what i'm saying words can affect us in ways we don't even understand you know what i'm saying there's a reason why like sometimes you can hear something and then you you think about that like out of nowhere three or four days later because you may not actively be focusing on it but it was still in your subconscious and it just popped up all of a sudden so you got any thoughts on that no i just think for me i um I'm just um, particular about pictures and angles. And that's where I'll be like, bro. But that's okay. I'm not like the no, angle Tish, that that's different than you. Oh, look at that. Look at how fat I look. Look at that double chin. Oh, look at that. Well, that's I'm like, because Tish. of the angles of the picture. But you, you, can yeah. just, you can just be like, hey, babe, I'm not feeling this one. Can we do it again or something? But don't don't down yourself for that. That's not. That's why I keep telling you. I'm like, you're beautiful all the time. It does well, not matter. That. But I need you to believe it as well. Well, I don't think that I'm not beautiful. No, I'm talking about even in those moments. Like, I, I need you to be like, I'm a work of art. And it just, you know, that work of art just got a little double chin action going on in this photo. Can we retake it? But that's still different than you. Ugh, I hate, ugh. Like, I don't like the angle. Not, yeah, nah, fam. I mean, I get what you're saying, nah, but I'm I don't care you. nothing about this selfie culture where everybody got to take 30,000 pictures and they don't like none of them because well, the lighting was I'm slightly off. Extreme. Oh my gosh, you can see this little hair that's in my nose all the way near my tonsils like um, man look man. I'm not that extreme it's just that if if there is going to be a image that we're posting of me or that I'm posting of myself yeah but we, we're not talking be, about that we're talking about you coming in the room and these are just pictures on my phone on a picture and I had never seen it before okay so, so for like, anybody who might be listening and want to know what we're talking about <laughs> I have um, a wireless charger for my phone, and it's a it's a dock as well. So I sit it there, and when I sit it on and it starts charging, it has like a virtual photo album, and so I have it set to her and just put different pictures I've taken of her. And I take a lot of candid photos, so she some of these she's may have never seen before. So I get it. I I'm just saying, you know, you have seen these before. They just old, but all I'm saying is, man, just watch how you talk about yourself. Okay. That's it, cause okay. you you are God's child, and that's the thing we not not even you, but I feel like all of us have to consider the fact that how how would you expect a parent to feel if you're talking about their child in front of them? That's how God feels every time we downplay who He's made us to be. So you you supposed to give me time to let that breathe a little bit I before did. you hopped in? I did. No, just silence. We we just needed to. Just let it breathe, you know, So, because somebody was in their car hearing that, like, oof. No, I'm joking. I'm, j I'm joking. Go, go ahead. Um, if, if you, as a steward over your body, does not take care of your body in the way in which you should, Mm-hmm. I don't see that as me saying, God, I don't like you 
I mean, I don't like myself as the person that you made me to be. Mm-hmm. I just don't like what I've done. So I've overeaten. I've not exercised. I've been lazy. So yeah, I gained that, weight. But that's acknowledging yeah. the truth of the situation. That has nothing to do with what I'm saying, which is people actually being self-deprecating and speaking down on themselves. Okay. well, Like, that's really been, what it comes to. Like, because we know people who do that and they think it's yeah. a joke. They think it's funny. And it's like, it's not. You don't have to tear yourself down to make people laugh or to make yourself feel important like that. No, like don't tarnish what God made and called good. Now, maybe you made some bad decisions and stuff with your body. Sure. I need to lose weight. We working on that. And you know what I'm saying? But in the meantime, you can still love who you are Absolutely. and love who you are enough to not even utter a negative word about yourself. Truth is one thing, but just being negative is not helpful. And like, if you don't don't talk bad about yourself now when you could have just not ate as much and you wouldn't be in this situation right. let's just correct the actions repent of it repent of the gluttony or whatever it is and just turn away and trust god but shaming yourself into changing is not working and that's one i think that's my main thing the world does that the world thinks that you can shame people into changing like if you if i talk about you bad enough charlamagne on the breakfast club was notorious for that at one point Thinking that, like, yeah, well, no, fat people. Anybody who was fat that came on the breakfast club, ugh, you need to, man, you got to lose some weight. Oh, like, you you like, you about to have a heart attack, man. What you have on the way here this morning? Like, that was his thing. And he said on his personal podcast at one point, he was just like, well, you know, uh, you got to give people tough love. That's how they change. That's worldly wisdom. That's not how you change. You don't change people by shaming them. Like, people change through their hearts being changed. That's the same reason we can't legislate racism. Because we can't, you can do affirmative action and everything else, but if people are racist, they're going to be racist. Laws ain't going to change that. The only thing that can change that is God changing somebody's heart. So, yeah. Um, moving on to this next paragraph, though. You don't understand. You may say, I, I've been rejected. I failed. I feel worthless. Perhaps you've done wrong or have been hurt by others, but the fact remains how you perceive yourself isn't how God sees you. He's made you into a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. You want to look that up real quick? Make sure we're getting these biblical references here. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. All right, it says, <laughs> do like the read. <laughs> do like the televangelist read. 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 This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The mm. old life is gone. The new life has begun. Mm. New living transformation. Thank you. See, that's the thing, man. And I think back to our other episode and, and conversation. That's the main thing that I feel like we just can't ignore, right? You're new when you when you're saved. Out with the old, in with the new. Sanctification is the process, of course. But it says that you're new for a reason. So, I mean, we can't act like the old way and and think that we're transitioning from old to new. No, it says when you believe and you receive the Holy Spirit, you're new instantly. So we got to act like it. And the, the thing that I realized is, again... The thing that really shows is if you've had a real desire, and that's what this part of what I'm teaching um, in Bible study tonight. You have to have a real encounter with God. That's what it comes down to. A lot of people are still living the same way they've always lived prior to being saved because they have not had a real encounter with Jesus. A real encounter with Jesus 
comes when you actually go into saving faith. Because otherwise, all you have is head knowledge. If you never actually encountered Jesus and have a relationship with him, you can't be saved. That's not possible. You just know church stuff. So, yeah, like, that's my main thing with, um, even with that. It's just like, we, we got to learn to accept that. And not even as a, a judgment thing, as much as it is to say, hey, if you don't feel like a new creation, are you not acting like a new creation? Maybe you haven't met Jesus for real. And that's okay. But we need to have the conversation so we can talk about how do you actually encounter Jesus instead of you just living in this facade that you're so saved and sanctified, but you're not moved by anything unless you're in a church where it's emotions and organs and all of that. And you can shout, but there's no evidence or fruit in your day to day life. Those things go hand in hand. You know what I'm saying? And that's my main thing. I just don't want us um, as brothers and sisters in Christ to settle for a counterfeit version of what we think salvation is. At the end of the day, it's having a relationship with him. And if you don't have that, you don't have salvation. You don't. You just know who Jesus is or who God is and what the Bible says. And that's cool. But that hasn't made its way to your heart yet. And that's fine. But you need to get there because that was me. You know, that was me. I was the intellectual person. I was reading the Bible nonstop. I could tell you what this says and what that says, but it never translated to my heart because I didn't encounter Jesus for real until I hit rock bottom about whenever that was not too long ago. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. Um, any thoughts on that at all? Um, let's see. Friend, Jesus loves you so much. He died for you. His indwelling spirit provides everything necessary for you to be triumphant. And that actually reminds me of that scripture that um, he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. That's another um, confirmation that if you are a true believer, regular, careless, habitual sin cannot be a part of your life. And it, it won't be if you're a true believer. Because he's provided you. That's the reason why that excuse of I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. It doesn't work because the Holy Spirit empowers you to live godly. So it's not on you to begin with. And the fact that you keep saying you're trying shows that you're not resting in the Holy Spirit. He didn't ask you to try. He said, come unto me. You give it to him. He'll take it away from you. But you got to submit and surrender it first. Most of us don't want to surrender, but you can't have both. All righty. Stop putting yourself down. Stop putting yourself down. Instead, search his word and discover how deeply gifted, cherished, and blessed you truly are. Any final words here, Tish? All right. The prayer for today is, Lord, thank you for loving me. Help me see myself as you do. In Jesus' name, amen. In his presence, find your true worth and significance. And that is it for today.